Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? Happy Mother's Day. Happy, happy Mother's Day. Before I start, I wanted to thank Pastor Perry and Barb. Thank you for inviting me here to do this. It's an honor, and I really, really appreciate you guys believing in me. Thank you. Um, I want to introduce myself. My name is Jennifer Miller. My husband and I, Ryan, uh, we run the, we lead the small groups, which are life groups in family and marriage ministry here at Harvest Church, and oh, how do I love my Harvest Church. I love it here, and it is a privilege to work here and serve you guys here today. I want to introduce you to my family before I get started, because they are my heart, and there's going to be a picture that's going to be coming up here soon. Okay, there we are. I have five children, five, okay? Four I birthed, and one we prayed for and prayed for. That would be Aaron. He's at the bottom. He's 26. I'm telling you, parents, pray for your future children's future spouses because he has exceeded everything that we could have ever dreamed for with our daughter. I, I love you, Aaron. He's here today. I love you. You are my son also forever and ever. I love you so much. Um, Jace is in the middle. He's 19. Then that's my son, Luke. He's 21. He lives in Brooklyn, New York. He's not here today. I love you, son. He said he was going to be um, watching online. Then up at the top is my daughter. She's 24. Her name is Riley. And then next to me is my husband, Ryan. Oh, I love that guy so much. We have been married almost 27 years. Almost 27 years. I... I love him. We got married really young. We've had to grow together. I love you, Ryan. Thank you for always supporting me. And then last but not least is our baby. That's Macy. She's 16. She was up here singing. So that is my heart. Um, Now, it's Mother's Day. So moms, where are you at? You're all here. I need to connect. We need to connect, okay? So I thought I'd share a little story. It doesn't have a lot to do with my message, but I need some support here, okay? Moms, do we need support? Right, we're our support. Okay, so there has been this ongoing, oh gosh, how can I say this nicely? Uh, Discussion, frustration, I guess you can say. Um, All of my children, um, (sighs) my children, they're right there. They have convinced me of something, and they have convinced me that I have lost my hearing. Why? Because these kids don't pronunciate words. They mutter or they're trying to talk to me from the other room. Is someone clapping? Because I need some support. Thank you. And they drive me crazy. I'm constantly saying, huh? What? I'm constantly doing that. And then I thought they were all lying and just giving me a hard time. But no, 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 no. Then my husband, I go to him and I'm frustrated. I'm like, what is wrong with them? They never, and he's like, I mean, I can hear everything they say. So I said, okay, now I'm convinced I've lost my hearing. I, have, I must have done it. So I went to my doctor. I got a referral, and I went to go and see, uh, see a hearing specialist. They take me into this, like, padded, you know, insulated room. They put the earphones on, and they are telling me, um, 
you know, they're, they're testing me. And they're testing me by, you know, the little beeping sounds. And so I'm like this. And then the beeping sounds get so faint. And I am hearing every single beep. And I'm now getting mad. I'm like, these kids are lying. They're driving me crazy. I come out and the doc, I said, what are my results? And the doctor's like, Jennifer, why, why are you here today? My kids, they drive me crazy. I mean, I don't know. And he says, you have perfect hearing. You have great hearing. I said, I want you to document this. I need every documentation. So I, it's proven, right? Mm -mm. My beloved children, who I love very much, who I gave birth to, I come home, and I'm like, here's the results. You guys are all wrong. I know, I can hear. And you know what they tell me? I don't know what doctor you went to, but he's lying. And I'm like, can you imagine? So who here can relate with this? I just need to feel a little bit. Oh, yes. Thank you. As I was praying and preparing for this message, I believe that God gave me a message for us today that's going to encourage you, but also challenge you. Today, I'm going to talk about how to fight for your family. Healthy families don't just happen, right? We need to be focused. We need to be intentional in everything we do. We need to sacrifice. And then you know what else we need to do? We need to extend grace when our flesh wants to fight back in nasty ways, right? That is so important. So whether you're a brother or sister here, um, a father or a mother, or even a child in, the fam in your family, I believe God gave me three points to help you fight for your family today. Would you guys please bow your heads as I pray? Lord God, I thank you so much that we get to come together here, Lord God, and learn how we can fight for our families, Lord Jesus. I ask that there be less of me in all of you. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, we're going to be reading out of Nehemiah 4. So if you have your Bibles or you can look up on the screen, it will be on there. We're going to start in verse 12. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. And after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. Fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wife, and your homes. Now let's jump down to verse 19. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out. We are widely separated from each other along the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us out there. God will fight for us. Repeat that after me. God will fight for us. Now let me give you a backstory on Nehemiah. Nehemiah worked for the Persian royal court, and he was the king's personal cupbearer. What does that mean? That means that he had close relationship with the king. When Nehemiah found out that his homeland of Jerusalem was under attack by enemies and the wall had broken down, he was so grieved. He was so grieved. The king noticed, and at that time, Nehemiah asked for permission to go back and rebuild the walls in his homeland. So you might be asking, what is the connection between Nehemiah and our family today? Okay, I want to first go back and remind you what the two scriptures we just spoke about said. 
Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. Fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wife, your homes. Our God will fight for us. So today, we are going to be talking about what it takes to fight for your family and how to rebuild the walls that may have fallen. My first point for you today is be willing to talk through the hard issues. That's my son, Jace. This box is representing us rebuilding a wall. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, You must teach God's commandments to your children and talk about them when you're at home or out for a walk, at bedtime and the first thing in the morning. Now, you're probably wondering to yourself, how do I talk about hard issues? I don't like feelings. Feelings make me feel uncomfortable. I don't know what to do about feelings. One of the things that you can start with is creating a safe place for everyone to openly share. It's really important. And because I'm a firm believer in practicing what I preach, I'm not going to ask you to do something that we're not, we didn't do ourselves. So I'm going to be vulnerable, okay? And I want to share with you how we did this. About 10 or 15 years ago, um, we were going to Christian counseling. And if anybody knows us, knows that we are huge proponents of Christian counseling. And we were going to Christian counseling because we were trying to figure out how to balance ministry and work and homeschooling and for children and your marriage. I mean, it, we can go on and on, right? So our counselor challenged us. And she said, you know what? Some of your kids are old enough that you can ask them, why don't you ask them how you're doing? Pastor Ryan and I looked at each other and we're like, ooh, I don't know if we want to do that. And then we kind of talked about it a little bit and we decided, you know what? We've been implementing some of the tools that she's been giving us. I think we've made some progress. Sure, let's do it. So we asked the older three to, um, we wanted to talk to them and Macy was too young at the time. And we asked them, listen, you can share with us how you feel. We just want to hear. And they were nervous. (laughs) They were very nervous. And until we kept reassuring them, please share with us, they began to share and share (laughs) and share. To the place where I was like, I think I'm going to cry. I'm ruining my children. You know that feeling when you think, oh, my gosh, like I'm literally ruining my kids. And I, I, I felt like I was going to cry, and I sucked it up because, you know, I didn't want to manipulate the situation or make them feel bad for how they were feeling. And so I sucked it up, and we said, okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. We're going to take what you said, and we're going to try to make some changes, and then we're going to go back and see how we're doing. What that required out of us was so much humility and grace, and that is what you're going to have to do if you choose to do this. Walk in humility and grace. Allow every person in your family to have a voice during that time. And remember, everyone's perspective is different. Just like that story I told about the hearing, that their perspective is, they don't care what the report says, and I have proof that I am not losing my hearing. Everyone's perspective is different. If someone is hurting, hear them out, even if you don't agree with their experience. Keep in mind, families aren't right or wrong. Feelings are not right or wrong. They're just one's perspective. Listen carefully. It's so important to listen carefully to what they're sharing and resist the urge to defend yourself. Now, how can you do this? Practice active listening. This is something that we teach our couples all the time. So when someone is talking to you about something, 
You listen to every word they have to say. Why do you do that? Is because you're going to then repeat back to them everything that you heard, hopefully word by word or close to it. This will help you to resist the urge to hear everything through a lens of defense, right? Because defense, it can be hard when you hear stuff. Philippians 2.4 says, Let each of you look not only at your, his own interests, but also the interests of others. James 1.19 says, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Creating security in your family will allow real, real honest conversations to happen. And it will also allow you to have true forgiveness that can be offered during that time. If you choose to create a safe home, you'll begin to see that your children, even your spouse, will share things with you that are going on in their lives that they may not have before. And isn't that what we want? Most importantly, I want you to take this, is that they will be able to receive from you, but also that you can speak God's truth into their lives. That's what it's all about. However, even though we've created a safe place, it may take some time, but we also may need to, my second point, lead by example. Lead by example. In James 1, 24, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. So how can you lead by example? Pursue the Lord yourself. I want you to ask yourself some questions. Do your children or your spouse or any family members ever see you praying or reading your Bible? I know that that's something that we do in private, but your family will know when you do it. Or you're in the middle of a crisis, or you need to make a big decision and you need wisdom. Do you ever just stop to pray with your family? Or how about this? Do you have a teachable spirit so the Lord can help guide you? It all starts with our own relationship with Jesus. If we aren't cultivating a relationship with him, we will not know how to lead our family. We won't know. We won't know how to lead our family. Make the effort. No one's going to be perfect. You can start today if you're not doing it. Another way you can lead by example is live out what you're teaching your kids. Titus 1.7 says, For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. When I was uh, studying for this message, I was looking at some different things, and there was a study done, and it said that children from the ages of 0 to 15, their behavior will be affected by what you say. After 15, they will do what you do. Is that not profound? What are you doing? Think about that. I love toddlers because aren't they so brutally honest? If you have stinky breath, they will say, oh my goodness, your breath stinks, gross, right? And then you have our teenagers who don't really share much. They just observe a lot. They just observe. So what are they seeing? 
And if they're seeing things that aren't, are contrary to what you have taught them, we don't want them to bank it in their heart and maybe get resentful, right? We don't want that. We are fooling ourselves if we think we can um, fool our family. They know us really well. They see it. They notice us. They know exactly what kind of people we are, right? At the end of the day, they see the good, bad, and ugly. We are never, ever going to be perfect. That's not the point, and God knows that. He doesn't want us to strive for perfection. He wants us to have a heart of humility, meaning if you blow it, you admit it, then you ask for forgiveness, and you move on. Then it's done, right? Leading your family doesn't just happen when you're, doesn't just happen when you're with them. It happens 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I want you to ask yourself, who's your community? Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. So first of all, you did it. You're here with your family. Good job. That's one of the things we could model for our kids is if we want them in church, we need to attend church ourselves, correct? We can't just drop them off. Um, Encourage your children to have godly influences in their lives. This can come in forms of aunts and uncles, grandparents, teachers, and other believers. This encourages your children to not only see God and hear God through your own life, but through the life of others around you. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Ask your, I love, actually, I love what um, Pastor Ed Young says, and it, I always, we always say this to our children. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So who are your friends, right? Here's the thing. Ask yourself, are you surrounding people in your life around your family who you want to pour back into your children? Are they leading by the example that you want for your kids? Uh, recently, Pastor Ryan and I started a young marrieds life group. And this is a life group for couples under the age of 30. It makes us feel very old when we're in it. But we love it. And one of the things that spoke so loudly to us and actually got me really emotional is that all these couples who came, most of them did not know each other. They didn't even know us, a couple of them. They come to our home, and why were they there? Because they wanted community. They were able, they humbled themselves to just walk through the front door, and it was really hard for some of them, but because they wanted community. Community is so, so important. Now, let's be honest here. It doesn't matter if we're, you know, as long as we're all on the same page serving God, a perfect God, we're serving Him in an imperfect world. That is our goal. My last point is, on how to rebuild the walls and fight for your family is <laughs> to pray. To pray. Now, you can see the wall is being rebuilt. We're going to talk about the hard issues. We're going to lead by example, and we're going to pray. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. For uh, the last few months, we've been doing a fearless mom life group. 
And each week we would meet, we would watch a video on parenting, and then we would come together and discuss it. And you know what? There was something that I noticed week after week after week. There was this common thread of us moms who struggled with control. Right? I hear the chuckles because I'm not alone in this. We all, I'm going to raise my hand, have an issue with control. I want to I ask you this. Think about a car. How many drivers can drive a car? One. How many of us are backseat drivers? Ooh. Now, don't, hold on. This is Mother's Day. Don't, don't punch anybody on the side. We want to all go out to lunch after this. But how many of us are backseat drivers? Me. Poor Pastor Ryan. When he is driving, I am a nervous wreck. And, I mean, you know like that invisible brake that's on the floor, and you're just, ah! you know, and you're like, ah! I mean, I have to practice active, you know, like breathing so I don't freak out. How many of us, let me ask you this, how many of us are like that with the Lord? Will we pray to him and we surrender all our prayer requests, but then as soon as it gets rocky, it takes some time. We get impatient and we go like the song, Jesus, take the wheel, and we take it right back. How many of us do that? It could be easy for us to lose hope when things are out of control. We need to remember this. Control is not the heart of God. His word is full of promises that we need to say no to control and yes to prayer. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So how do you do this? Pray with purpose. I recently heard Pastor Sam Huddleston share about talking about prayer, and he so inspired me. He taught about having a plan each day that will help us pray with purpose. His idea was to assign specific people areas of needs you pray for each day. So, for instance, uh, Monday you pray for your family and your extended family. Tuesday you pray for the people at your work and maybe your finances. But you get what I'm, I'm trying to say. Um, here's one of the things. Do not limit those prayers to just your list. Leave room for the Holy Spirit to um, put people on your heart or circumstances on your heart. I also want to encourage you to add scripture to your prayer request because this will be your reminder of his holy word and his promises. It is so important for us to do that. And then I want you to leave room for your prayer requests. It, it's important for us to do that. And you, I want you to write down how he answered those prayers. In his sovereignty, he will answer your prayers. They may not always look like what you think they were going to look like. However, you're going to see his fingerprint all over your prayer requests that have been answered. You will see that, and that will be your reminder. Also, take time to listen to the Holy Spirit. We are all so busy today. Do we just sit and listen? If it's hard for you, just start a couple minutes a day. You can do it. In Mark eleven twenty four, it says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. In 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, it says, Pray without ceasing. Listen, church, we are rebuilding the walls in our family, and it's going to take time. It's going to take time. You need to get into your word, and you need to pray without ceasing. 
You are fighting for your families. You're not just fighting for your families today. You're fighting for your children's children's children. We cannot have weak prayers anymore. We need to get on our knees and we need to fight through prayer. I don't know what you could come in here today with. I don't know. But I do know that we're coming out of a pandemic and the youth is hurting so bad. I have talked to so many Christian counselors who cannot take any more clients because they're so overbooked with with the youth. The youth is hurting over anxiety and depression. This is not the heart of God for our kids. We cannot control what's going on in their lives. But what we can do is we can get on our knees and we can pray for them. We can, can, we can declare in Jesus' name that no weapon formed against them will ever prosper. We need to stand on this word of God. Our brokenness, you bring it down to the Lord's feet and you ask him to, to save your children and to help them navigate through this hard time. You may be having um, financial issues. A lot of people are going through that right now. You don't know where your next paycheck is coming or you need to get a new job. You know that community we talked about that we need to get? You need to find your community, have them come in in agreement with you and pray and stand with you. We have marriages today that have lost hope. They have been together every single day. They're overwhelmed. They've, everything is magnified, right? I have seen... God reconciled couples when you thought it could never happen. It was a miracle in front of our eyes. You declare that for your marriage. If you are finding that you just want to walk away, do not give up. Ask the Lord in prayer to change you. Don't try to change your spouse. We're fighting for our family. We're fighting for future generations. You cannot lose hope. Our hope is in Christ. Remember what it says in Nehemiah 4.20. God will fight for us. Will you stand in the gap? That is what I want to ask you. Will you stand in the gap while he's rebuilding those walls? Will you take up your shield, which is your faith in God? Will you take up your sword and read your Bible? This is what's going to save us. Even if you don't see God working right now, stand. I want you to stand. In Ephesians 6, 13, it says, Therefore, put the full armor of God on, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, stand. Stand. Remember what it said in Nehemiah. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wife, your homes. Are you willing to stand? Are you willing to stand? Allow God to rebuild the walls in your family by talking about the hard issues, leading by example, and praying. Listen, I'm passionate because we need to fight. We need to fight for our families. We are not going to allow the enemy to come and kill, steal, and destroy anymore. It is done. We need to come together and fight. He will. He will fight on our behalf. Today, I want you to know to leave knowing God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. In number 6, 24, 26, it says this. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram 
at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.